Be who God meant you to be, and you will set the world on fire. Those words were spoken by St. Catherine of Siena, such a wonderful saint, a spiritual master, and even a doctor of the church. And her words continue to inspire many centuries after her death. Be who God meant you to be, and you will set the world on fire. That line speaks to us about virtue, about forming virtue in our lives. We hear a lot about virtues, maybe when we were growing up or reading catechism, those cardinal virtues of prudence, justice, temperance, and fortitude, or those theological virtues of faith, hope, and love. And each and every one of us should cultivate them in our lives. These are wonderful traits, wonderful habits for us to acquire. Now, a virtue, philosophically, could maybe mean a mean between two extremes. The great ancient philosophers talked about virtue as the middle point between two extremes. And maybe, theologically speaking, we could say that a virtue is simply a good spiritual habit that we should try to acquire. But I think, practically speaking, and maybe another way to define a virtue, it's simply this, grace put into action. Grace put into action. We are called to actuate the graces that God places in our hearts and gives to us as human beings. We're called to put them into practice. And our readings today speak a lot about actually putting into practice the virtues and graces that God puts into our hearts that we're born with. Our first reading in our gospel speak a lot about the need to put into action what each and every one of us has been given. Because as we read, we might have goodness in our hearts, but if we eventually turn away, we achieve nothing. That's to our demise. That goodness in our hearts didn't amount to much. Or we might have good intentions, and we might make good promises, but if we fail to live up to them, or fail to actually follow up on them, that does no good either. The virtuous one is the one who remains faithful, who puts into practice the good will and the good intentions that one might have in his or her heart. The virtuous one is the one who has a correlation between someone's intentions and their actions. They both work seamlessly together, and they bring to completion what lies within the human heart. A virtue follows up. It sees through to the very end and puts into practice and completes what God has already begun within the human heart. And so we hear in our gospel today, a gospel, this story that Christ tells about virtue. And he uses this example of the man with two sons. Now, the Jewish people have a very special relationship, if you will, with second sons in Scripture. Because going all the way back to the Old Testament, Jacob, the son of Isaac, was the second son who, along with his mother, hoodwinked his father Isaac to give him the blessing and to give him the covenant rather than his older brother Esau. So the Jewish people always identified with and empathized with second sons, second sons. So what does Jesus do in this gospel? He gets the Israelite people to realize that the second son in this gospel, the one who says, oh yeah, I'll follow the law, I'll be virtuous, and then turns away. He gets the Jewish people to realize, these Pharisees and scribes, that they are that second son. The ones who initially said, yes, we will follow the law, but turned away from virtue, who didn't follow up 
on what they had initially promised. And that because of this, the people who initially said no, the Gentiles who had not accepted the law, but eventually turned toward Christ, were the ones who were now able to enter into eternal life. The tax collectors and prostitutes who were able to uh, circumvent or one-up the Pharisees and scribes because they had turned toward God and had turned toward virtue and eventually had found a need for a correlation between their desire for goodness and their actions. So Jesus was getting these Pharisees and scribes to realize that they were not the ones who were virtuous. The people who had converted from iniquity and had turned toward Christ were the ones who actually had virtue because they followed up and they brought to completion the desires that lied within their hearts. So this gospel reminds us that virtue will always impel us to turn away from sin. So our virtues should simply help us to follow Christ, to have the same attitude toward Christ as we heard in our second reading. Where we heard that we are called not to do things out of selfishness or out of vainglory, and we're not called to look out for only our own interests. We have to do more than simply do the right thing. We have to do the right thing with the proper intentions and for the right reasons. So as we can see here, the whole person is at work in building virtue. Our thoughts, our words, and our actions all have to work together. They all have to be on the same page. There should be a harmony between all three of them, all of them working toward God. So we could have all of the right intentions, but if we don't act out on them, we're not going to gain virtue. Or we could do the right thing, but if we do so with bad intentions or bad motives, that's not very virtuous either. We need both. We need the whole person to be involved in attaining virtue. Because virtue is how we become who we are meant to be and how we can truly set the world on fire. Virtue sets the world on fire, as St. Catherine of Siena talked about. Virtue takes those graces of God that are invisible within our human hearts and makes them visible to others and puts them into practice. So we're called to cultivate faith, hope, love, prudence, justice, temperance, and fortitude. We're called to live them out in fullness so that we can be of the same mind and the same heart and the same attitude of Jesus Christ. And maybe if you want to look at the best possible example of virtue that we have, it's our mother Mary, the Blessed Mother. Talk about someone who put grace into action. Mary, who was full of grace, put all of those graces into practice, made those graces visible to every single person that she encountered. Everything that she did was good, and she did it for the right intentions as well. There was a harmony of Mary's thoughts, words, actions, and intentions in everything that she did. So today, brothers and sisters, maybe we can let Mary be our example of virtue, that we could cultivate faith, hope, and love in our hearts, and prudence, justice, temperance, and fortitude in our actions. And may God give us the courage to put his graces into action in our lives. And by doing so, may we become who God made us to be and truly set the world on fire.